0: Oh, and welcome to the First Baptist Victoria podcast. Unfortunately, during the recording of this week's episode, we had some technical difficulties. While we did not lose any audio, there is a section in the middle that has lower quality audio than the rest of the episode. Today's guest is Dave Shelley. And as always, I'm BJ Branson, the podcast guy. So Dave, Uncle Dave, as you have my kids call you. you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Well,
1: I am Dave Shelley. I'm 71 years old and i've been a member here at the church for close to 25 years i think love my church love being here lots of great experiences at first baptist church that i never thought i'd have and ironically i came to this church because it was a large church and i wouldn't have to do anything and i think i've had two days off in the last 25 years <laughs> you know, it kind of feels that way but i've lived every minute of it I was involved with the uh, what we used to call the youth choir tour for uh, 15 years. I took kids out on the choir tour with the music director. I was the the driver and the the tote the bag man, and I loved being around the kids and got to go through about three generations of kids, you know, coming up between sixth and twelfth grade and. I got to see them go through that. Really a lot of great fond memories. Got to be a personal friend with my former pastor, Jim Schamberger. He and I were hunting buddies. We always had that pastor-prisoner relationship, but we also were very good personal friends with him and his wife, About When I uh, first joined the church, before I joined, I went in and visited with Jim, and uh, I said, I don't want to come to this church if I don't have a friend. And so I said, well, I'll be your friend. And so we got to talk about common interests that we have, and it, it just blossomed from there as well as our friendship grew. And uh, we had lots of lots of great memories, and uh, I am loving our new current pastor that we have, and just just on cloud nine with him, you know, as far well as uh, the direction that he's taken the church. And uh, I've always been kind of of the flock that rocked and that's that's kind of where i'm at so i've been kind of on an island for a long time and so we're, we're coming along but i just love Ben's leadership and i just love what he does for the church the genuineness that he brings in himself and the example that he has a forgiven person you know he always says i'm just forgiven you know and he actually shows that in different crowds and different things. I've had a lot of, lots and lots of fond memories over the years of First Baptist Church. Just love being here. I did not mention my beautiful wife. <laughs> that we've been married fifty-two years together, and same time, all one stretch. You know, it's been good, been long, been good. You know, we enjoyed every minute of it. Not that's not true. <laughs> There's moments we didn't, but we always loved each other through it and compromised through it with each other. I had the pleasure of leading my wife to the Lord. And uh, she was saved at the time we were going together. And I was there with her when she accepted Christ. And that was a pretty tribune moment, you know, in my life. And then we got married a couple years after that. And uh, I was 19, she was 18, and it worked, you know. (laughs) It's one of those that worked. Little story you mentioned Uncle Dave. I want to tell you how that came about. In the middle of the choir tour times, I had. uh, Nikki's kids two of them at first and then at one point I had all three of them when we would be in practice or we would be on tour or whatever they would call me Uncle Dave and uh, I made a comment one time we were having a devotion before practice and I was doing the devotion that day and I made the comment I love everybody in here I genuinely do I generally love y'all want to be a part of your lives and I want to be be connected with you in a great way i said there's some in here that i love more than others and i said it's just because we're, we're camp folks i mean we're family you know and a little girl came up to me and said i just thought they called you uncle dave just because you're a big happy guy and i said well i'm not but if you feel good about calling me uncle dave go ahead we'll be great with that and they called on from there and so now i get called that from time to time not as much as i used to but it still is good you know i still introduce myself that way sometimes to your children right? oh, yeah. so that was uh, that's how uncle Dave came about but uh, i do love being here i do love worshiping here i do love serving here so we're looking for a bright future and i just can't wait to to go on you know I'm old, but I think young. I mean, that's That's the way to be. Right, yeah. How does that
0: old adage go? You're only as old as you let yourself feel? Yeah, well, I feel
1: old, but I I still think young.
0: (laughs) Next best thing. Yeah,
1: Um, body parts don't move as good as they used to, but that's okay. It's okay. We're we're loving where we're at. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I definitely think we have a good future coming about, especially what with the Grace Retreat that just happened. We had Mm -hmm. a lot of teens come in. And I guess a lot of them, this was their first real church experience and whatnot, and that was just an amazing experience on Sunday.
1: It was. It was a full a, a house of people, you know, yeah. and that's, that's pretty amazing. It was just a blessing to see the parents come out and support them. And as you mentioned, many of them were kids that have never taken church seriously or even part of their lives, you know. I think many times as mature christians we take so much for granted
0: yeah uh, we really do
1: you know we just assume that everybody knows what the word saved means and we we assume that everybody knows what the terms accepted christ means you know through the grace experience we've dealt with that so many times when you ask somebody you know who christ yes i know christ they know him historically from what little lessons they may have heard of and they said well do you believe in?" yes i believe in christ but you can tell, and their emptiness, you know, just in their lives, that they're not knowing what we understand as being a child of God. You know, they're ex- accepting
0: that grace. Yeah, there's a big difference between believing in Christ and believing Christ. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, what exactly is grace? I'm always hearing you advocate for the grace retreats and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What's it all about?
1: I am very passionate about grace. Grace journey came about as a result of myself and three other guys had got together we had been on an axe retreat if you're familiar with the axe retreat it is a catholic retreat put on by the catholic church and it is designed specifically to enhance and to grow the catholic church i got asked on an axe retreat by a, a young man that worked for me in the years past he didn't work for me at this current time but we had gotten to be friends and he was heavily involved in the formation of acts in Victoria. In 2006, he asked me to go on an acts retreat. Also in our church here at First Baptist, there was another fellow who had been on an axe retreat. And we got together after my retreat. He came to pick me up after the retreat, ran me back over to where my car was over here we didn't know each other very well i knew his father-in-law and his wife i knew his wife since she was born almost but i didn't know this fella i left in 1970 and didn't come back until 1979 so it was about 10 years that i was not in victoria and he had come into that family at that time but anyway good guy i was so taken with the action street excluding the catholic part of it i was super blessed by the community that it provided you know, and what it actually did. It took me out of a rat race, you know, everyday living, day to day to day to day. And it it made me stop for four days and just focus on Christ. If you're doing that, that's something good, you know, some good things come out of it. But as we talked, we said that Obviously, we can't do an extra treat at a Baptist church. That's probably not going to go real well for either the Baptist or the Catholic. So we decided we needed to do something else. But why not have such a weekend as that for anyone? You know, and we're not trying to make a Baptist out of them. We're trying to make a Catholic out of them. We're not trying to make anything. We just have a desire to vehicle to expose Christ to men. That was the number one factor that we always have had in grace formation is to uh, spread the gospel and to reach others. The second thing, and very highly on the list, I mean, like, you know, number one's here, number is just touching it right there, is that we recognized, and not necessarily through our observations, but just from report after report, comments after comments, how men have, in the past, 30 years have kind of declined in church leadership. So it was also to get men back connected to Christ and back into church. We met for a total of 18 months every week, except Thanksgiving week, because we met on Thursdays back in those days. So except for Thanksgiving week, we met every week for about 18 months in the hopes of having one retreat. We had that first retreat in 2011. Then we had the second one in 2012. We're going on our 12th year now. Our whole intent was to do one retreat. And it was so blessed that we said, well, we'll do another one. And that's how we got started on doing the retreats themselves. Currently, we started off with just a central core group here in Victoria, in Victoria County, more or less. About three years or two years after that, we started a core group in Quero. And just most recently, we started a core group in Ganada. So now we have three different core groups of uh, Grace Journeys, each doing a men's and a women's once a year, and then all three groups do a combined teen retreat in the early summertime. And that's what just happened. That's what just happened. Yeah. We can only do those in the summertime, obviously, because of Thursday, Friday, you know, yeah. uh, events and school and different things. So, but, um, it has been a phenomenal, phenomenal journey. The pastors, the churches. We've had as many as 27 to 28 participating different churches of different denominations. All agree. We set out purposely and intently. We had uh, two ministers that met with us those 18 months that we met. You always know, had a pastor where was and everything. Grace is a lay-led ministry. It is not a pastoral-led ministry. He do certainly incorporate a spiritual leader on each retreat, each and every retreat. But in the beginning, we depended heavily on those two men, Jim Schenberger and Brother Terry from Rocky Creek Baptist Church.
2: And we had others coming along, but those two men were very working. Anytime we had a question, we asked them, is this right, is this right? Because we wanted it right. We wanted it biblically. We have committed and held fast to the fact that grace is not a church. It's a community of believers. Currently, we have about 1,600 solid people that participate in our retreats and different things. We depend on each other, we pray for each other. When we have a prayer need, we go on our app and... Put it out there, and 14, 1500 people praying for you right then. That's amazing. It's a very dedicated group of people in that way. We just uh, look at family as family. But we encourage people to worship. They're called to worship, and there's nothing more gratifying for us to see someone going to another church and take a leadership position. We have tried to expand, that didn't work. So we just quit trying to expand and let God work it out, and it just worked out perfect. I mean, uh, when we give God his time, it it just worked out perfect. We love what grace is. G is for God, R is for relationship, A is for accountability, C is for community, and E is for the kind of life. Our whole text and everything is Genesis 1-1 to the last verse of the Revelations. And that's the only material that we utilize. We have different denomination leaders, but there's no different denomination in grace. Each retreat is a church sponsored event, and the church sponsors it, which just means that that's where we're going to meet, and that's where our return service is going to be. When we're on retreat as a grace journey, there is no denomination. When we come back we honor whichever denomination Church we're at. So it works out really well. We just continue to love it. We love seeing it grow. You think over the year that we're going to have a retreat and we're not going to have thirty or forty men sign up, you know. Sometimes we fill up too for And we just say, Well, we've got a cutoff point, you know, that's what we can take. It's been refined really over the years. The first retreat, we would take fifty to sixty people and we found that it's just too much to get what we want accomplished in, in that of time. And when I say what we want to get accomplished, it's just the time element of what we do, you know, trying to get too many people through at one time uh, that we feel like we cut it short. So, recent years, we cut it back down to 35 to 40 people at a time, and we feel that's a comparable number, and it works well for us. The process, what happens on grace, I don't want to say I can't tell you what happens, but I can't tell you what happens. You know, it's experiential. It is
0: experiential.
2: You have to experience it to understand it. We've had people try to explain it. Miss Schamber got up one time. She said, "I can't tell you how it works. I can just tell you it works." That was just about as good of the explanation as we heard You know, there are some things that we do, but it's the process that we use that we try to protect. And uh, the reason for that BJ, we don't want anyone to bring a pre perception. Everybody brings one. Guarantee you, And you say, Hey, I want you to go on this weekend retreat, it's so much of my money and that uh, comes covers and everything. And that's about all we tell. <laughs> you know. And it's a means retreat, bring bring your golf you know. And uh, we do that purposely because we want them to experience what the experience is. We, we've refined a lot of things down to that. Because so what your expectations are are probably not going to be what the event is, even though a lot of people think they know, or they've heard things, whatever. You know how rumors are, things get changed around, and they're oh, yeah. usually as close as what you might think they are. But still, everybody has a pre of what it is. But basically, it is what God has planned for you that weekend. We can take a seasoned child of God, you know, a, let's say a 30-year veteran of being a Christian, a poor Christian, even what we call a devout Christian, or a devout child of God. To live that and this experience is going to be different from somebody that's never heard the gospel before. But yet, the joy of the experience is going to be the same. Yeah. You know, same source. Yeah. Same source. Same God, you know. And uh, it's just that I had an opportunity one time to lead a young man to the Lord on a gracious retreat that had never been in a church. He lived before the Texas, And I was asking him, I said, what church did you go to? I didn't go to church. What to, you know, like when he got married or whatever, didn't go to church. Went to a funeral, not in a church. He had never been in a church yet." Wow. This is important about the country, you know. This is not an immediate <laughs> And he said, I don't know what I want, but I know I want something. We were able to direct him to what that is, and it immediately sent us to price. And we've that experience. We've had an experience where a young man went on the retreat for the first Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, went through the Sunday service, and was on his way home and pulled his truck over the side of the road and stood out in front of his truck and set the he had all this opportunity, you know, been presented to him at this time, at this thing, it, it wasn't time. But the seed that been planted, and of course he fallen and shared with us. It's been an amazing 12 years. We've seen barriers to save. We've seen people come back together. And we've seen people come back to service of the Lord and then come back to reverence of the Lord and then Christ a part of their, their lives, you know. I, I don't know, I would say hundreds, but I like to say thousands, but hundreds for sure, people that accepted Christ at an early age, 5 or 6 years old, or 10 years old, even in high school, that as soon as they got out on their own and and got to living life, that became the second or third shaft down. Yeah. You know, Adam in their lives. And we see people that will testify, man, my grandmother took me to church and, and I accepted Christ. I, I, I baptized, but I haven't lived that life for 30 years. I raised a family about it. They welcome it back. They want that opportunity. We give them that opportunity. There's no pressure. We present the gospel, you know. We can't save them anyway. That's why I'm so passionate about it. I've seen what it does and what it is retreat is its own retreat. Every one of on them is finance. We certainly take donations, but we don't solicit donations. But we've had people finance some things that we don't
0: work So, if somebody listening to this, if they wanted to donate, where would they go to do uh, that at?
2: We do have a website. It's got our, all of our contact information on there.
0: Begracejourney.org.
2: Begracejourney.org? They can contact anyone here at First Baptist Church. And uh, this is our home address, 301 North Victoria Texas. This is our 501C home base right here, so they can do that. And we are a 501C company, so if anyone does want to donate, yes, yeah, they do. But at the, we, like I said, we don't ever solicit those, but uh, we have had people just donate. This is like the church here. You know, our church, I've seen our church go through some new things. For example, years back, we decided to raise money for a van, and they just couldn't get there. We just got close and close and close and close, and finally one day, a lady brought in a jar full of coins. Money that she had just been throwing all of her coins in a jar. She brings these in, and BAMO is exactly enough to get the van. And that's why we weren't great, you know. We planned the event, but we spent... As a team, we will spend 12 weeks prior to the event in pretty really intense prayer and in our preparation, and, then, and we don't know what we need to pray for it, but to pray for it because we don't select the theme. It just comes to us. I mean, in, in the course of the Friday and Saturday
0: event, it just comes to us. Ben was the spiritual leader this weekend. So what I'm getting is there was a lot of talk of forgiveness. And that's what the sermon on Sunday was about. Mm-hmm. He said, that's what it was on Friday night. And mm-hmm. the back of all the kids shirts said, saved by grace. And part of that grace is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we, we get this idea that God's forgiveness is put on a timer, you know, you sin. So you got to go mm-hmm. sit in spiritual time out for what, right. three days before you can pray again? Right, exactly, yeah. Um, or we need a punishment. I yeah. sin, so God needs to slap my wrist, give me a right. spank, and whatever that is. Right. I got in an accident because I swore this morning. And even as Christians, we seem to think that's how it works.
1: Yes. No. How, would you,
0: how would you describe it really works for someone who's never really thought about what God's forgiveness actually looks like?
1: Well, it is, again, it's something you need to experience. You know, you have to almost experience it to fully understand it. Like I said, I've been a Christian since I was five years old. I accepted Christ when I was five years old. I didn't realize what I had done probably until I was 50 years old. I mean, I was saved all those years. You know, I was a child of God. I wasn't a bad kid. I didn't got in trouble or anything like that. But I sinned plenty. <laughs> but i always had assurance i've never doubted my salvation i've never doubted the time and the point that i accepted christ in my life i think you mentioned a while ago we take so many things for granted and and i think i did that i mean that's that's my story this is this is not a theological answer this is this is my story you ask me it was so enlightening when i did understand that god loves me enough to forgive me for everything I haven't really sinned in the last 20 minutes since we were sitting here, but I sinned before I got here today. <laughs> I know I did. You become a whole lot more aware, and you're talking about the timeout. Oh, you know, like I've done things that's a so bad act that God can't even forgive me, you know. I, I think I, I feel like in my life I'm past that part because I know that God forgives me and God loves me. But there's times where I think, it, and I think it's a lot of guilt and a lot of conviction, you know, that we don't just let God forgive us so many times and um i know i don't have to ask him for forgiveness my sins anymore because i know he's done that but i do need to ask him to forgive me because i have sinned right you know what i'm saying i mean like you raising your child you know your child loves you and you know that you're always going to love him but sometimes he may not act exactly the way that you intended him to act you know
0: How's that one verse go? No punishment feels good at the time. (laughs) No,
1: right. Exactly. So as far as God's forgiveness, it's a struggle, I know, for a lot of people to accept it. And dealing with the people that we touch in the lives that we deal with on grace, they just can't fathom that God gives it. And they put sins in levels. I was talking to a guy today about that very question, you know, about forgiveness. And I said, if you get in the car and you back your car up and you bump my truck, I'll forgive you for it. I said, but if you, you run off my wife, I would have to forgive you for it, but I'm not going to want to. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not going to want to, and I, I don't know if I could. You know what I'm saying? It's just that type of deal. So we slot things, you know. Not going to church just because you didn't want to. You think, well, I don't have to forgive forgiveness that because I go all the time anyway. Or uh, the simple thing that we do, putting down a wrong number on your income tax. That needs to be asked for forgiveness for. Yeah but then we try to justify our sins and, and different things. But to understand that God loves us and has forgiven us already for what we're going to do. He says, I've already made my plans for you. Yeah. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, you know, I already know exactly what you're going to do in life, and I know you're going to be that way. You know, if we could accept people that way, as Christ does, then, then we would all get along a lot better. We would at least have an understanding of each yep. other. But it is so difficult to forgive those sins that hurt us. And I carry some of that. I mean, I, I honestly do. And up until a, a few years ago, I couldn't even talk about it, you know. But it's it's difficult for you to try to tell somebody about Christ when you can't even do that yourselves, you know. Yeah. And that's where my guilt comes in. You know, that's where I feel guilty about man, I have been forgiven this guy, but yet I'm telling this guy how to live. You know, that's that just don't seem right. It's not so much that you don't know that you're not forgiven; It's just saying the words sometimes. It's just like some people don't think you're praying unless you've got your head bowed and your eyes closed. They prefer we don't do that at Enterprise, driving cars. They, they yeah. want us to pray, but they do want us to keep our eyes open while we're going down
0: the road, you know. Well, I mean, nowadays we're getting these self-driving cars. Oh,
1: I know. Yeah, it would be. But even the self-driving
0: cars don't want your eyes closed. Is it easier to be forgiven
1: or is it easier to forgive somebody? And the immediate answer, it's easier to be forgiven, you know, but it's, when you think about it, sometimes it's not. Yeah, sometimes it's a lot harder to be the one that's forgiven. No, because sometimes you can win an argument and you're wrong. Yeah. But yet you can convince somebody, say, okay, you're right and I'm asking you to forgive me well okay you know look what i did but how do you sleep at night (laughs) and it don't go away i tell you i've got a dark spot in my life and i'm not going to go into it because i don't ever want to justify or glorify sin but i do have a dark spot in my life and right now it's just white as snow because god's forgiven me for everything that i ever did or was going to do and i've learned to accept that but even during that dark time i couldn't enjoy what i was doing Because I knew it was wrong.
0: And that's the difference between conviction and condemnation.
1: Right. Oh yes. Yes, conviction was so heavy. But yet you'd put on that face. Yeah, this is cool. So asking is it easy to be forgiven or forgive somebody, I I don't know the answer. No, I really (laughs) really don't know the answer. Because it's hard to forgive people. Like I said, the people that have hurt you or hurt your family. And that goes back to that part, get angry but don't sin. God took out a whole nation, of people, more than once. <laughs> but we know that God has not sinned.
0: Why is it you're angry? If you're angry at them for what they did, but you can't forgive them, I'd say that was definitely sinful. Because we know Jesus died for the money changers that he chased out with whips and overturned their tables. Mm-hmm. And we know right. that one of Jesus's last words on the cross was forgive them because they don't right. know what they're doing. Yeah,
1: even Stephen. Even Stephen, yeah. Oh, yeah, doing the same thing, you know. God, they just don't know what they're doing. You know, and those, those are two good examples. And, and I like Stephen's example because Stephen was just a man just like you and I are. Oh, yeah. He you know, it was. took me for years in my life to understand that because I tend to put Paul on a pedestal, you know. What? <laughs> Paul was just a guy that was close to God, man.
0: There's yeah. that verse in, what is it, James, I think it is, where it says, Elijah was just a man like you and I. Yeah. And that that really changed my whole view. It does. Jordan Peterson had this quote, when you read history, if you really want to grow, if you really want to do good, you have to read history and identify with the monsters. Mm-hmm. And that is how you fix it, because you could be the bad one. Right that's how you avoid being the bad one or Mm -hmm. help help make good change a lot of people read the bible and i know i was guilty of it as well getting the superiority complex i know better there's no way i would have complained in the wilderness with Mm, the israelites i would have been (laughs) one of the believing spies
1: the same person that complains because we painted a Sunday school room a different color than
0: (laughs) if I had been walking on the water with Jesus instead of Peter I wouldn't have sunk I would have kept my Mm -hmm. eyes on Jesus no you really Mm -hmm. wouldn't have Mm -hmm. once you view the Bible in the terms of the sinner that really opens up these are just people Mm -hmm. the only person who wasn't just a person was also God yeah that's That's the only reason he wasn't just a God
1: our Lord Savior yeah that really changed my thinking about things and I've even applied that to management skills in your life there's times i get angry at employees not anymore because i don't have any but back when i had them i mean there was several times i'd get angry with them you know but i still had to respect them as a person and i still had to love them as a person you know i still had to care for them as a person and i always tried to express that and a lot of times i would not express my anger which was wrong i should have because they didn't know what to expect Cause I didn't want to be the person I didn't like. Yeah. And uh, So, and I would always try to protect my Christian side, but that's not right either. You got to speak your mind, get angry, but don't say it. Ben's message Sunday was just so pointed to that.
0: Usually I write my questions during the service, mm-hmm. but Sunday sermon, I was not able to write anything. It was like, I was just, just like, yeah. On them.
1: And I've heard several comments about that same thing. Yeah. You know, it was, it was wow. Where'd that come from? You know, it yeah. was, it, it was a good spirit in the whole whole service. It was, and it was great to see that.
0: So, for a few years, I'm not going to get into the whole all the nitty gritty details. But mm-hmm. for a few years, my wife and I were separated, mm-hmm. and I will admit that while I forgave her, I did not forgive her as much as I thought I did. Mm-hmm and there was a lot of resentment going on there. When we moved down here to Victoria, it took us a couple months, but we decided to try to work things out. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't say, no, we're not gonna try to work it out without being a hypocrite because she was fearfully and wonderfully made too. Mm -hmm. Jesus, God, died for her. Mm -hmm. So why can't I forgive my little quarrel with how the separation started? and so that's not always the easiest thing when someone really really hurts you to to forgive them and because mm-hmm. forgiveness as been said on sunday forgiveness is not necessarily reconciliation mm-hmm. but when your forgiveness is tempered on both sides trying to draw closer to the lord mm-hmm. reconciliation can happen right is it the norm unfortunately not no. But that's going back to, which is easier, forgiving or being forgiven. Right.
1: And and he he mentioned also in the sermon that it's not instant. The initial, yes, I forgive you, has to be presented. You have to ask for that. Or you have to ask for forgiveness, one of the two. And that comes over time. You mentioned your situation. I don't know a perfect couple. I know some people I think are perfect, but they're not, you know. Yeah. What we see and what happens is, is always way different, you know
0: what advice do you have to give anyone who has a hard time with forgiveness whether it's giving or receiving
1: the advice that i can give as a lay person is just to trust believe god for everything else we believe god died on the cross we believe he rose again on the third day we believe that that's our basis of our beliefs in god and you can't believe one aspect of god without believing the whole thing if you delete one aspect of God's deity and God's promises, then it all that's it's void. You just might as well go fishing on Sunday or whatever, whatever you want to do, because you're not believing it. So if we can believe what that is, God says that I will forgive. You, as a child of mine, are to be like me. So you are to forgive. And I, I deal with men sometimes that say, pray for me because i'm being tempted to go back to doing things like i was before and i said man i will pray for you but i don't need to pray for you you just need to say no i'm not going to do that and it's the same thing with forgiveness sometimes you just have to say i forgive you and you have to mean it and you may not feel it at the time but it'll come because god's told us he would promise that
0: he would and what was it that Ben said on Sunday? Forgiveness is a process. A
1: process, yes. And uh, and sometimes it is. Like I said, backing into my car—that's not a process, man. I'm I'm sorry. Okay, that's okay. I forgive you for it. I know you did it on purpose. Yeah. I hope you didn't do it on purpose. You know, that's the that's the thing. If you did it on purpose, then that's another form of forgiveness that we're going to have to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it and live with it earnestly. Don't live with it lightly. You know, take it earnestly. I have to ask for forgiveness every day from God. And some days I don't, but I should. You know, and a lot of days I do. I remember. And like I said, it's not any of the big five, but, you know, it's still a sin. You know, you know. And, and we got to confess them and, and bring them to each other. And that's the only way that you get for me, forgiveness. is just confessing what you did wrong when you asked for forgiveness for somebody. Yeah. And so when somebody forgives you, you have to have that same same response to it. And again, that question, I can't answer, which is easier to either forgive or, or get forgiveness. That. So, yeah, that's, you know, and I've thought about it, Corpus, and halfway back, and then halfway back again. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's a good question for you, dear listener. <laughs> yes, sir. Which is easier, forgiving or being forgiven?
1: Yeah, text us and let us
0: know. <laughs> yeah. Another thing about forgiving someone is it's a lot easier to forgive someone when you have a clear idea of what sin is. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get this idea that Sin is lying. Sin is stealing. And I mean, it is those things, Mm. but sin is anything that you do that is contrary to God that will Mm. cause you to separate and distance yourself from him. So in light of, and I'm sure you're going to hate me for saying this, considering all the driving you do, Mm. but one of the things that really convicted me in First Peter was, you know, where it says, submit yourself to the authorities and submit yourself to your government and mm-hmm. the laws that they give you. If it's not contradictory to the gospel and God's word, then you have to treat it like it's coming from God. Mm-hmm. So that means if you're going 75 miles an hour in a 70 mile an hour zone, you're sinning. Mm-hmm. And I agree. And so, and it, that's really really hard but when you realize what exactly sinning is and it's the motive too it's i can get away with this that is a very Mm -hmm. sinful attitude to have and so when you realize that you really can't go more than 30 seconds without sinning really and you realize that god forgave you once and for all past present future Mm -hmm. when you are saved you are saved that's it Mm -hmm. He's not going to turn his back on you. He's not going to stop loving you. He may admonish you. He may discipline, but discipline Mm -hmm. is not a lack of forgiveness. It's Mm -hmm. not a lack of love, even. Like we said earlier, it's painful at the time, but it's necessary for our growth. And so when you realize exactly what sin is, and Jesus, the God-man, God died so that you could be Mm -hmm. forgiven for your speeding. 100%, yeah. If you know, God died for that, so that you could be with Him. Because you right. went one mile an hour over, or you stole a paperclip, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's this? You walked all over me. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, that becomes just a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. I say that to myself just as much as anybody. Right. else. Oh, I, absolutely, absolutely, I, I do
1: as well. And I, know what you're saying, it's a uh, we we tend to think the things we got by with was not necessarily a sin. Yeah, but guess who knows what they were a sin. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's that. God because, knows, God knows. Yeah, exactly. You he know. knows everything. And we know. Yeah. We know.
1: But we don't admit that hidden sin. You know.
0: There's that old saying that goes, it's not illegal if you don't get caught. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. we're did. caught by God. You? Do you have any last thoughts?
1: I don't. I'd like to praise out. All right. Yeah, and, go ahead. Praise and, out. That'd be all right. God, we just thank you so much for you and uh, for who you are. And, and God, I, I just uh, feel your presence with us today. We thank you for Brother B.J. here taking the time to do this, and kind of way that he may be away from his family at this time. And but it's a it's an effort to share the gospel with people. God, we don't know who's going to hear this, and somebody that lives next door to us here at the church, or somebody halfway around the world, you know. God, we just don't know. But we ask that you you glorify what what was said today, God. We're going to give you one hundred percent of the credit, God. We are nothing but your servants we are nothing but more than just uh, put here on this earth to glorify you and to praise you and god we just ask that you uh, lead us through that through the remainder of our night and the remainder of our week god be with our pastor and our staff as they lead this church and uh, help it to be and direct it to be a lighthouse in this this city god that uh, that glorifies god and gives god all the credit God, we just ask for protection with our families and our church families as we go forth. We ask it in your name. Amen.
0: Well, with that, thank you for listening to the First Baptist Victoria podcast. We'll be praying for you guys and we hope to catch you guys next time.